0: chapter 22 of bunyip land this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by john hartley bunyip land by george manville fen chapter 22 how high the water came The coming of the storm checked the furious onslaught of our black enemies. But it was only for the moment. Setting thunder, lightning, and the deluge rain at defiance, they came rushing on, shouting and yelling furiously. And we were about to draw trigger, reluctantly enough, but in sheer desperation, when a volley of arrows checked them for a time, while resuming what seemed to be a favourite means of warring... "'Upon his enemies, Jimmy commenced hurling masses of stone at the coming foes. "'Checked as they were, though, it was only for a while, "'we were compelled to fire again and again, "'with fresh assailants taking the place of those who fell. "'The thunder pealed so that the reports of our pieces seemed feeble, "'more like the crack of a cart whip, "'and their flashes were as sparks compared with the blinding lightning.' which darted and quivered in the gorge, at times seeming to lick the walls, at others plunging into the rushing, seething stream, into which the rain poured in very cataracts down the rocky sides. We should have ceased in very awe of the terrible battle of the elements, but in self-defence we were driven to fight hard and repel the continued attack of the enemy, who growing more enraged at our resistance, came on once more in a determined fashion, as if meaning this time to sweep us before them into the rushing stream. But for the bravery of our black companions, our efforts would have been useless, and we should certainly have been driven back by the fierce savages who advanced up the path, sprang upon the stone breastwork, and would have dashed down us regardless of our firearms. But Taihai and Aru cast aside their bows at this final onslaught and used their war clubs in the most gallant manner. Jimmy too seemed to be transformed into as brave a black warrior as ever fought, and it was the gallant resistance offered that checked the enemy and made them recoil. The falling back of the foremost men, who were beaten and stunned by the blows they had received, drove their companions to make a temporary retreat, and enable us to reload. But ere we could seem to get breath, one who appeared to be the chief rallied them, and two abreast, all that the path would allow, they came charging up towards us once again. Then there was a dead pause as the thunder crashed overhead once more and then seemed to be continued in a strange rushing sound which apparently paralysed the attacking party who hesitated, stopped short about a third of the way up the narrow slope that led to our little fort and then with a shriek of dismay turned and began to retreat. I stared after them, wondering... "'that they should give way just at a time "'when a bold attack would probably have ended in our destruction. "'But I could make out nothing, "'only that the noise of the thunder still seemed to continue and grow "'into a sound like a fierce rush. "'But this was nothing new. "'The thunder had been going on before, "'and that and the blinding lightning the enemy had braved.' Our defence had had no effect upon them, save to make them attack more fiercely. And yet they were now in full retreat, falling over each other in their haste. And we saw two thrust into the swift river. Ayah, Big bunyip! Water! Water!' roared Jimmy just then, clapping me on the shoulder. And turning sharply, I saw the meaning of the prolongation of the thunder. For a great wave, at least ten feet high, ruddy, foaming, and full of tossing branches, came rushing down the gorge, as if in chase of our enemies. And before I had more than time to realise the danger, the water had leapt by us, swelling to almost to our place of refuge, and where, a minute before, there had been a rocky shelf, the path along which we had come there was now the furious torrent tearing along at racing speed. I turned aghast to the doctor, and then made as if to run, expecting that the next moment we should be swept away, but he caught me by the arm with a grip like iron. "'Stand still!' he roared, with his lips to my ear. "'The storm! High up in the mountains! Flood! The gorge!' Just then there was another crashing peal of thunder, close upon a flash of lightning, and the hissing rain that ceased as if by magic, while the sky began to grow lighter. The dull boom of the tremendous wave had passed too, but the river hissed and roared as it tore along beneath our feet, and it was plain to see that it was rising higher still. The noise was not so great though now that we could not talk, and after recovering from the appalling shock of the new danger, we had time to look around. Our first thought was of our enemies, and we gave excitingly down the gorge, and then at each other. Jack Penny shuddering and turning away his head, while I felt the cold chill of horror as I fully realised the fact that they had been completely swept away. There could not be a moment's doubt of that, for the wave spread from rocky wall to rocky wall and dashed along at frightful speed. We had only escaped a similar fate through being on the summit, so to speak, of the rocky path. But though for the moment safe, we could not tell for how long, while on taking a hasty glance at our position, it was this. Overhead, the shelving rock, quite impassable. To left, to right, and in front, the swollen, rushing torrent. The doctor stood looking down at the water for a few moments, and then turned to me. How high above the surface of the water were we, do you think, when we came here? I should say about twenty-five feet. Why, we ain't four foot above it now. And look there. It's rising fast. I say, Joe Carstairs, if I'd known we were going to be drowned, I wouldn't have come. Are you sure it is rising? said the doctor, bending down to examine the level, an example I followed, to see crack and crevice gradually fill and point after point covered by the seething water, which crept up slowly and insidiously higher and higher, even as we watched. Yes, said the doctor. "'rising to his feet and gazing calmly round, "'as if to see whether there was any loophole left for escape. "'Yes, the water is rising fast. "'There can be no doubt of that.' "'Just then, Jip, who had been fierce and angry, "'snapping and barking furiously at the savages each time they charged, "'suddenly threw up his head and uttered a dismal howl. "'Here, you hold your noise,' cried Jack Penning. "'You don't hear us holler, do you? Lie down.' The dog howled softly and crouched at his master's feet, while Jack began to take off his clothes in a very slow and leisurely way. First he pulled off his boots, then his stockings, which he tucked methodically, along with his garters, inside his boots. This done, he took off his jacket, folded it carefully, and his shirt followed, to be smoothed and folded and laid upon the jacket. And now, for the first time, I thoroughly realised how excessively thin poor Jack Penny was, and the reason why he had so often had a pain in his back. It seemed a strange time, after passing through such a series of dangers, after escaping by so little from being swept away, and while in terrible danger from the swiftly rising waters, but I could not help it. Jack's aspect, as he sat there coolly, very coolly, clothed in his trousers alone, was so ludicrous that a burst laughing. When Jimmy joined in and began to dance with delight. What are you laughing at? said Jack, half vexed with mirth. At you, I said. Why, what are you going to do? Do, he said. Why, swim for it. "'You don't suppose I'm going to try it in my clothes?' "'My mirth died out as swiftly as it came, "'for the doctor laid his hand upon my arm "'and pressed it silently "'to call my attention to our black followers, "'who were laying their bows and arrows "'regularly in company with their waddies, "'each man looking very stern and grave. "'They showed no fear. "'They raised no wild cry.' They only seemed to be preparing for what was inevitable. And as I saw Tai High bend over and touch the water easily with his hand, and then rise up and look round at his companions, saying a few words in their tongue, the chill of horror came back once more, for I knew that the group of savages felt that their time had come, and that they were sitting there patiently waiting for the end.